Hey, everybody, welcome back to church. I'm so glad that you are here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You made a good choice today, and God is going to meet you right where you are. I think he, has a, think he has a word for you. I don't know where you're watching from. I don't know if it's on your phone, if it's on your iPad, if you're casting it on your TV, if you're sitting in your car. You might be going along 90 miles an hour and watching this message. Hey, good luck. I may not know where you're watching from, but I do know this, that God loves you and God has a word for you. God wants to speak into your life right where you are. And I think if you pay attention, I think that God is going to speak something that will help you and encourage you and bless you. And so I just want to thank all of you who have supported us financially. It means so much to us that, that people that I may not have ever even met in person are choosing to, to support us financially. Thank you so much. If you'd like to be a part of that, highridgelv.com slash give is where people uh, can, can donate to us. And that, uh, that's always a wonderful thing. Thank you so much. Um, if we are not your home church, if this is not the place where you're getting fed the word of God, please do not send your tithe here. That, that needs to go to your home church. And uh, as of right now, many churches are still hurting and, um, and we want to make sure that they get the proper financial support. They, they need your help. Um, so um, don't worry about us. If we're not your home church, do not give here. But if God is using our ministry to bless you and to feed you spiritual things, then I think it's totally appropriate for you to be able to, um, to respond with, uh, with generosity. So thank you so much in advance for that. Um, I love you. And I think that uh, there's some good things in store for us as we get ready to get into God's word. You ready? Yes. Well, I'm gathered here with my friends today and I've got uh, a couple of scriptures I want you to turn to. They're both found in the book of Luke. So if you're new to the Bible, you might want to open up right to the middle and then take a hard right. It goes Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So Luke chapter 11 and Luke chapter 18. Um, I want to talk about uh, praying prayers that get answered. I think uh, if, if, if you've been around the English language, you've heard the word prayer. We use prayer all the time. You know, I pray this happens or I pray that doesn't happen or I'm praying to get this, praying to get that. Um, but what about prayers that get real answers? You know, it's easy for us to use the word prayer. It's easy for us to even pray sometimes. It's, it might be easy for us to, to bring it up in a conversation. Uh, but what about the results? Have you ever thought about the answers that you get? Because there are some people that get real results. There are some people that when they pray, they move the heart of God. When they pray, stuff happens, miracles happen. Um, how do you get to pray prayers like that? Because it's one of the things that frustrated me. I, you know, I've, I've been taught to pray my whole life but I've never really understood how to get the results that other people get. Is it just because, you know, God loves them more than he loves me? Or could it be that they're, that perhaps uh, they're tapping into something and some secrets about prayer that, that uh, I just didn't know, or I was never taught. I want to talk about uh, what it means to pray prayers that get answered. And how do we really do that? Because Jesus has some strong, uh, some strong sayings about how we are to pray. So his disciples came to him one time and they, um, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. You see, they noticed the amazing things that Christ was doing. And they saw that uh, in their opinion, all of these things that Jesus was doing, the miraculous came out of the overflow of his deep devotion and his connection to his father. So rather than saying, Lord Jesus, teach us how to do miracles or teach us how to feed thousands of people with very, very small means, uh, very, very few resources, rather than teach us how to overthrow governments, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray because there's some powerful things that happen when Jesus prayed. And so Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer. You may have seen it on your grandma's wall somewhere, um, but not only does he teach them what to pray, he goes on to teach them how to pray. And this is, this is the part that I was never taught, how to do that and how to do that, um, expecting God to do amazing things on your behalf, how to get real answers. You see, prayer is the vehicle that God uses to deliver answers. Now, for some of you, the best way to explain that would be uh, Amazon. When that big FedEx truck pulls up or, that, or the UPS truck pulls up and you see them coming with those Amazon boxes, like, oh my gosh, my prayers have been answered. I finally got that. Uh, whatever it was, it was that, you were, that you were 
praying for, uh, but prayer is like that vehicle that God uses to deliver the answers that you're looking for. And please hear me. God loves to answer prayer. He is a prayer answering God. Now it may not look like what you expect it to look like, or you may not get the answers that you want. But if, if you're sensing a frustration, if you've been praying about a situation and nothing is changing, if you've been uh, feeling that, uh, that, that discouragement because I've been praying for this person for a long time, it may be a child or a grandchild. I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and, praying, and it seems like nothing's happening. I wanna give you some things that perhaps you haven't thought about or things that would help you to, uh, to maybe pray in a, in a new way. And so in, in, uh, in, in Luke chapter 11 and Luke chapter 18, Jesus gives two parables. And anytime Jesus is saying something two different ways, it's because it's something that it's easy for us to miss. And uh, he wants to make sure that we're very, very clear. So he gives two parables about persistent prayer. I wanna make sure that you hear that word very, very clearly, persistent when it comes to prayer. Many of us pray, but not persistently. That's something that's kind of lost in our culture. We don't do a lot of things with, with persistence anymore. We like the, uh, the immediate, we like uh, immediate gratification. I like if I pray and God instantly moves or if I say do this, then God does that. That's, that's, uh, that's not really how God operates um, because there's, there's a value that the kingdom of God places upon persistence. And so Jesus, after he finishes giving them the Lord's prayer, he says, now think about prayer this way. Look at this in verse uh, five of chapter 11. Jesus says this, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. <laughs> your Bible may say because of your persistence, but I like the words shameless audacity, which means that you're not just going to stop because that dude said, go away. He said, no, 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 no. Your shameless audacity. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you for everyone. And I need you to hear that word. Everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus places a caveat on prayers and that caveat is persistence, shameless audacity. He's saying, God's not like your, not like your neighbor that's complaining to you. I'm saying even your neighbor, if you bother him enough, will eventually say, oh gosh, all right, fine. Take what you want. He said, God's not like that, <laughs> but God still rewards shameless audacity. Then Jesus gives another parable in Luke 18 about the exact same thing about persistency in prayer. Look at this in verse one. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them, and I need you to see this, that they should always pray and not give up. That's very, very important as the caveat to the, to the rest of this parable. They should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And then Jesus says this, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day 
and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? He's saying, you know, hey, there's something that you haven't thought about. The, the prayer and faith and that shameless audacity, that boldness, that persistence. These are keys to getting prayers answered. I think when God speaks to us uh, with, with parables and he uses two different ways to kind of compare and contrast the kingdom of God, it's important for us to understand exactly what he's saying to us today. God wants to answer your prayers. He's more than capable. He hasn't ignored you. He hasn't forgotten you. God still answers prayer. So let's take a moment and I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person watching this video and I pray that you would bless them right where they are. Would you have your word, Lord, come alive into their life? And I pray that their persistence, Lord, would see amazing supernatural answers to their prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I have uh, several friends which shall remain nameless. Um, some of them are in this very circle that if you were to look at their iPhone right now, their iPhone, uh, their, their opening screen, if they were to open that screen up, is full of red dots. And you know who you are. Full of red dots. I am a person that cannot stand the red dots. There, it, it feels like my life is, is, is not put together, like it's, not, it's just out of control if there are too many red dots. If I open up my phone and there's red dots by the phone app, I know that I have a bunch of missed calls. Um, that bothers me because people are trying to reach out to me and I wasn't able to, to be there or miss, miss calls. You may have those in text messages. Um, if, if I look at your home screen and your number says 3,000, 912 <laughs> on the text message app, you got a problem. And I, I'm not telling you that because I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm telling you, I have a friend that has thousands of unread texts, missed calls and emails, and he sees not a problem in the world with that. It freaks me out. I don't live that way. He's like, I wasn't available. I don't care. There's so much. It just kind of gets overwhelming to him. So he's like, ah, you know, whatever. And, uh, I, I think he's psycho. That's weird. But you know, sometimes our, sometimes our prayer feels like that. It feels like we've sent all these messages to God and just not responding. Like God's, God's iPhone has so many red dots on it from all the millions of people in the world of the prayers that he's just not answering. It feels that way sometimes. And we don't want to, maybe you don't want to think of that, but if you're, if you're going to be honest today, sometimes it feels like things that we've been praying about for years and like, God, where are you? What are, what are you doing here? Cause it seems like I'm praying. Am I not saying the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? And so when Jesus gives us these clues about persistence, that shameless audacity, the prayer and faith, I think it's important that we, that we uh, have a new mindset shift on, on what God wants to do with our, with our prayers. Um, I, I've had many times where I felt like, okay, God, where are you? Are you not, are you not listening? But I want you to notice the point, the point of what Jesus was bringing. He gives this in Luke chapter 18. He says, the point of this parable was to teach them to always pray and to never give up to always pray and to never give up. And that's extremely important because in, in life, you're either doing one or the other. If you've stopped praying about it, then you've given up. And for some of us, it's, we prayed about something for a long time. And after a while, it's like, okay, God, well, I'm just gonna give up because I, I don't see any movement. I don't see any action, but Jesus says, hey, I want you to always pray and never give up. I want to tell you a story about persistence because it matters in the kingdom of heaven. You see here on earth, it's considered rude to keep asking for something over and over. We don't, we don't understand that. If somebody keeps saying the same thing, same thing, we call that foolishness. Like that's, that's dumb. Like you're doing the same thing over and over. But in the kingdom of heaven, 
It's completely appropriate. Jesus says, as a matter of fact, this is a value here. Persistence matters in the kingdom of God. And I think that's, that's, that's why our world loses hope so easy. They, they give up because they've lost the value of persistent prayer. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's when discouragement sets in. I wrote it down this way. Discouragement begin, begins where persistent prayer ends. And a lot of Christians are battling discouragement because God hasn't done what they think he should do. And they prayed about it a couple of times, but they don't know how to, pr- play, how, how to pray persistently. So I want to give you um, I want to give you some things that we can pull out of this story that I think are going to really help you to start being able to pray prayers that get answered. And this really, really really did revolutionize my prayer life because I began to see things differently, um, and and I started uh, finding a lot of encouragement as as things began to move because I was praying the right way. So I want to give you a couple of things that I think will help your prayers to start getting better results. And the first thing that we see from this is uh, why why do some prayers get get results? Is that number one. It was asked the right way. It was asked the right way. You know, prayer is, is asking and conversing. It's not demanding. And I think for too many of us, we, we have this, this view of God, like I, he's, a, he's a holy Santa Claus in the sky and I can just tell him what I want and he's gonna give me my desire. Like that, that's, that's not God. Um, that's Santa Claus. And, uh, and we're, you're praying to the wrong God. But the, the heart matters so much in the kingdom of God. It matters the way that you say things. And even as parents, you know, it's one thing when your children come to you and asking you for something that, uh, that, uh, that they really want and, and there's an excitement to it and there's honor to it and it's, it's a sweet moment, it's a powerful thing. I mean, if, if you're able to and you look, at your kid's eye, look into your kid's eyes and they're asking in the right way, absolutely. But if a kid comes up to you and tells you what you're gonna do, like, <laughs> let me tell you what I'm gonna do, kid. It, it matters. Yeah. It matters how you ask your question. The same is true in prayer. Look at this in Proverbs 15. It says, the Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. I thought it was interesting that the word upright, this is the Hebrew word yashar, which means one that is, uh, one that is living upright and living to please the Lord. And I love that it says the one that's looking to please the Lord, God is pleased to answer his prayer. So here's two pleases. It matters how you ask, Lord, I'm, I'm looking to please you. And I want this, uh, my time in, in prayer to be something that's pleasing to you. It, it puts a, an entire different spin on the way that we pray. Yeah. Lord, I want this to be something that brings you pleasure, brings you glory, brings you honor. And the how has to change when we're asking God for things in prayer. Is this to please the Lord or is this to please my selfish motives? Motives matter in the kingdom of God. Look at this in James chapter four. James says, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. That word motives in the Greek language is the, is the word kakos, which means a sick heart. It says you're not getting anything from God because your heart's wrong. Your heart's sick, your heart is evil or your heart's corrupt. You're thinking that God is gonna do things that will lead to something that, that it's not in God's will, that's evil. Um, so he's, that's the reason why God doesn't give it. could be because God is really, really good and what you're asking for is completely wrong for your life. And God in his goodness is saying, no, it's not good for you. You're asking for the wrong thing, your heart's wrong. And God is way more concerned with your heart than giving you what you want. So I, I found that motives are the difference between answered and unanswered prayers. And that's, that's something that's good to know. So I have to ask myself, when, if something's not being answered, or I feel like the, the timeline's not working the way that I think it should work, I start checking my motives. How's my heart? 
Am I really living to please the Lord? Or do, do I just want to serve a God that pleases me? And in that situation, who is God? Like, I'm making myself to be God. But prayers get answered that are asked the right way. Here's the second thing. Prayers get answered when it was seeking the right things. You know, I think sometimes we really don't know what to ask for. We're seeking the wrong things. I want you to look at this in Psalm 27. Verse seven, uh, David says, hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. So he's talking about prayer. He's saying the, the caveat to getting an answered prayer is to seek the face of God, to seek his presence, to wanna be in conversation with him. So I'm seeking God's face, not just his, his hand. I'm seeking his heart, not just his provision. Make sense? So I'm seeking with the right attitude, the right motivation, the right heart. Psalm 105 says, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Psalm 34 said, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So when you're seeking God, you get all the good things that come along with his presence and with his character. When he shows up strength and favor and grace and provision, these things come with him. You're seeking after the wrong things. We're seeking after the, the fruit of who God is and not really the, the, the God in the, in the person himself. Yeah. I want you. I want your glory. I want your will. This is why when Jesus was teaching the Lord's prayer, he says, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's this mind shift of what I'm asking for in prayer needs to be for his glory and for his will to be done. We need his presence, not just his provision. So I've, I say it this way, when God shows up, every good thing comes with him. And ultimately that's what you want. God, would you show up in this situation? God, I just need you. Sometimes that's the most theologically correct prayer that you could pray. Lord, just come, help you. I just need you. And it's that simple. So not only was a prayer asked in the, in the, with the right motivation, not, not where you're seeking the right things. Here's number three, it was knocking on the right door. Yeah. He says, ask, seek, and knock. And so many times I'm like, well, okay, well, which door am I supposed to be knocking on here? But the, the good news is in, in John chapter 10, Jesus says the door is not a what, the door is a who. Jesus says, I am the door. So the key to understanding the presence of God and getting what we need is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the access to the Father. I am the door. In John 14, Jesus says, no man comes to the Father except through me. This is an important thing for us to understand that it's only because of the blood of Jesus Christ can we even have that shameless audacity to walk walk boldly into the presence of God of an amazing creator, the father of all the world, the king of heaven, the Lord of hosts. Um, It's a big deal to be in the presence of God. And only because of the blood of Jesus do we even get access to the father. You know, that's something special that happens when a, when a kid just runs into your room on, on, on Saturday morning when you're asleep, you know, if, 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 if my kids want to, you know, kick that door open, just run and jump on the bed, they're more than welcome to do that. But, but if you do it, <laughs> we have something in Texas called a concealed carry law. <laughs> that, uh, that means not welcome, right? You don't have the right to do that. This is my home, this, but, but my children do. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, if you are a child of God, you have access to the father where you can come boldly into his presence and ask for what you need. Jesus paid the way for that. 
You have access to him and you can use it because of the blood of Jesus. You know, Jesus, I love that he, he makes a way for us to come into the presence of a holy God. And I think sometimes we've lost, um, we've lost the knowledge of who we're really praying to. And we kind of create our own God in our own mind, a God that never disagrees with our sin, a God that never calls us to be something more than what we are, a God that says, oh, I just love you and you just stay right there and I'll just take care of you and I'll pamper you. That's a spoiled grandpa, that's a Santa Claus, that's not, that's not God. You see, we serve a God that hates sin. We serve a God that is holy. We serve a God that is a God of justice and a God of righteousness, a God of purity, a God that is calling you up from the depths of where you are into something that is a better version of yourself, calling you closer to him. And when we have that knowledge of who God really is, we stop asking for things that don't matter and for things that, uh, that will ultimately lead to us just being prideful or being greedy or, uh, or doing things in contrary to, to God's word. Um, God doesn't do that. You're asking, you're asking the wrong God. You just need to be asking your boss then. Yeah. Here's the thing. Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. And then I, I want you to see that the fourth key is that it was persistent. Persistent. Jesus says with each of these in the original language, don't just ask, but keep on asking. Don't just seek, keep on seeking. Don't just knock, keep on knocking. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Keep knocking, keep knocking. He says, always pray, don't give up. I love that word uh, persistence when it says, talk, when, he's, when he's talking about persistence in the original language, that, that's, that's shameless audacity. Uh, another way to say it is unembarrassed boldness. Mm. Unembarrassed boldness. And um, I, I don't know, I've, I've, I don't use that word to describe myself much, but there are some people that I know who are completely unembarrassed with their boldness, um, generally those the, those people are not the ones that you would that you would pick out first for for anything. Uh, they just kind of have their own way of doing things. Like you've got no filter. That's that's a little rude, or it's uncouth, or like it's brash. Uh, these are things that we don't celebrate very very well, like here. But in the kingdom of heaven, that's how we're supposed to be. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in God's kingdom, unembarrassed boldness and repetitive asking is not improper. It's encouraged. Yeah. It's required to get prayers answered. Unembarrassed boldness. Now, uh, if you've got a kid that just is, you know, is pulling out your shirt, dad, 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 hey, I need this, I need this, I need this. You know, in, in my mind, like that's rude after a while. Like I need, hey, I'm busy doing something. I'll get to you in a second. Understand patience, understand timing. Daddy's in a conversation right now. It's how I teach my kids. But Jesus says, hey, before you, before you cut that off, there's, there's something that's kind of just built into our kid's DNA that you need to remember is an important spiritual reflection of the kingdom of heaven. Like he's your father and he will answer you. And repetitive asking is not rude. It's encouraged. Ask him, keep asking him. It's not rude. It's required. So why doesn't God answer me the first time I ask? Have you ever asked yourself that question? How come I can't just pray one time and God says yes. And you know, sometimes he does, but I found the majority of the time it doesn't happen that way. Why is persistence such a big deal? I want to give you two reasons. This is a little bonus stuff that I want to leave you with today. Two reasons why God does not answer a prayer the first time you ask. And number one is this, uh, because when I'm praying persistently, my focus is perfect. It's perfect. 
When I'm, when I'm needing major breakthrough, when I, when I need God to come through and I'm praying with persistence, like God, help me, God, help me. God, this is day two, this is day three. God, there's a deadline coming. I need you to help me, I need you to help me. When I'm praying like that persistently, where's my focus? On God. God has my complete attention because I need him to come through. And when God has my complete attention, you know, there's, there's nothing more precious that I can give God other than my attention. Think about that. Attention is the greatest gift that you can give someone because attention is time and time is your life. This is giving God my life. And when my attention is completely focused upon him, that's the best place for me to be. So sometimes God doesn't answer so that you'll be persistent, that your focus will be on the right things because in the middle of warfare, we get scattered. In the middle of crazy things happening, we get freaked out, we get, we get scattered. Our, our minds are all over the place and God's like, no, focus on me, focus on me. Keep praying, keep praying. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. And your focus becomes perfect in that moment because it's on what really matters, your relationship with the Lord. When your focus is on him, things begin to happen that you can't control. God begins to move. I'm reminded of Peter out there walking on water. And it says, the moment he took his eyes off Jesus and began to put them on the waves, he began to sink. Mm -hmm. You know, when our focus is on the Lord, when we're, when we're persistently praying, that's exactly where we need to be in order to walk on water. Yeah. So that's the first, um, that's the first reason why God may not answer the first time that you ask. Here's the second one. Uh, while I'm waiting, God's working on me. My focus is in the right place and that's when God does his best work is in the waiting. You know, you find out a lot of stuff about, your, about yourself when you're waiting. You find out a lot, a lot about your kids when they're forced to wait. You see, we live in a culture that uh, wants instant gratification. I want it now. I want what I ask for right now. That doesn't work in the kingdom of heaven. That's not, that's not kingdom culture. That's right. mm -hmm. uh, there's some great videos. If you want, to, uh, if you want a good laugh, um, follow the trends of, of making my kids wait. And people set up, a, have you seen this? People will set up a video camera in front of their kids. They'll put some sort of snack or something sugary or something that the kid really, really wants. They'll put this in front of their kid and they're like, okay, now you can have this, but you have to wait until daddy comes back. So don't touch it right now. And then that parent will walk out and just let the video camera run and they'll just be gone for a while and just watch their kid's face. And man, there are some great reactions. The kids are just, like, come on. Then they, and you know, some of them are so sweet. They'll just sit there and like, so patient, just gonna wait. Cause I trust my daddy. I am not that person. And I don't know, maybe you are, maybe you just have an incredible trust for God. And if God says, wait, you're like, okay, I'm gonna wait. And I'm just gonna grow in the process. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna soak in all the good things that God has for me in this waiting season. That is not me. I'm like, Get here now. Where are you? I need you here now. You promised me. Here's the answer that I need. Come on, God. Uh, it, it's crazy things happen when we're waiting. We, there's some things that kind of bowl to the surface, if we're honest, in the waiting that never come at any other point in our life. And it's a prime opportunity for God to do things in you that you never, ever get to have done any other way. While I'm waiting, God is working on me, you know, he, he reveals the part of my life that I need to see. This is where the walls begin to come down and where the, he begins to refine me and, uh, and, and, and all my worries start coming to the forefront. And this is an important part of our life because what I'm worrying about tells me what I think is most important. And I wanna let that sink in with you for a second because this is critical for you to understand. There's a big difference between worrying and praying and Jesus talks about this. 
What you worry about tells you what you think is most important in your life. And Jesus says, don't worry, pray about those things. You see, worry is a red light screaming at you. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. This is what's important to you. Take this to the Lord. Take him the things that are important to you. And then while you're waiting for that answer to come, God begins to refine you. There's multiple scriptures about your sanctification. That's an important theological term, but uh, your, your refining process where God is making you into what you're supposed to be. And none of us like that process, but uh, the Bible refers to it as, um, as like refining gold or refining silver. And the only way that you can refine those things is to heat them up. Mm-hmm. And while they're in the process of getting, uh, getting warmer and warmer and warmer, the junk floats to the top. Yeah. And, uh, and the only way to know if something is truly refined is when the person that is refining the gold can see their reflection in it. And while you're waiting on an answer from God, God is refining you. He's testing you. He's purifying you. He's pulling things out of your life that don't belong so that he can see himself in you. This is the best version of you. So don't criticize the waiting. Jesus says, I want you to pray persistently and never give up because it's creating something inside of you that looks a lot more like Jesus than the old version of you. And that's a good thing. I want to encourage you, if you've been praying for, for a child, if you've been praying for a breakthrough, don't give up. Don't give up. Ask the Lord, Lord, is my heart wrong in this? Am I seeking the wrong thing? Am I asking with the wrong motives? Well, more importantly, Lord, are you teaching me something in this? Is there there something I need to be learning here? Because I don't want to waste this. Here's the good news. God doesn't waste pain. And it's not for for no reason that, that the breakthrough hasn't come yet. It will come if you're asking things according to his will and to his word. And that only comes from being in his presence and understanding him better. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep the faith. Do not give up. I wonder what are your delayed prayers teaching you? Because I found that in the waiting, there are times in my times in my life where I've had to wait. Like, okay, God, I need a I need a miracle, and I'm going to keep asking you until I until I get something. I, I need an answer. You got to help me, man. And that process was was really critical to me, even being able to stand here today. This is where God gave me the courage to be able to show people what I've learned. <laughs> I wonder what are your prayers teaching you? What's the waiting teaching you? Um, because these are valuable life lessons that other people need to hear. Yes. I want to finish right there today, if you wouldn't mind. Um, I want to pray for you. And I feel a special burden to pray for those who have uh, children who are away from the Lord, maybe grandchildren who are away from the Lord. I really um, have a burden for you today. I know that that cannot be an easy part to watch your children turn their back on God or to make foolish mistakes and you know that it only pays off in, in pain. I, I can't imagine having to watch my children walk through so much pain and knowing that the answer to what they need is right there, but they've rejected it. I wanna pray for you. I wanna join my faith with yours and I wanna invite you to get back in the game and to not give up on them. Jesus didn't give up on you. You cannot give up on them. Be persistent, be persistent. You know, your God is not some evil judge. Your God is not some sleepy neighbor. Your God doesn't sleep or slumber and there is no evil in him. He cares about your children. He cares about every single one of them. I want to pray for you today. Father, right where my friends are, whatever they may be struggling with, whatever prayers that they've, that they've stopped praying because they've gotten discouraged, I pray that right now you would just uh, renew their mind, renew a right spirit, renew a right prayer attitude right with them so they can, they can see that they should pray and never give up. 
Lord, I pray that hearts would be drawn back to you that have been away from you. I pray that prodigals would come home. I pray that breakthroughs would happen, Lord, this week. Mm -hmm. And I pray that while they're waiting, that you'd produce something in them that's valuable, that's priceless, that you would see yourself in each of them as they've walked through this process. In Jesus' name. As we finish up today, I want to just make an invitation for anyone who has never asked Christ to come into their heart. If you don't know of, of a moment in your, in, your, in your mind that comes, that comes to mind when you think about, have I ever asked Jesus into my heart? If there's, not a, if there's not a moment that comes to you, then I want to help you make this your moment. Right where you are, I want to lead you in a prayer, just like somebody led me in one time, and it, it changed my life. The prayer goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you came, you died, but rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. I invite you to come into my heart. Forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. I give myself to you right now. In Jesus' name. My friend, if you just pray that prayer with me, I am so incredibly proud of you. Would you do me a favor? Would you text me? The number is 94090. Text the words, I prayed, I-P-R-A-Y-E-D. And it, it just encourages me so much to know that somebody out there is listening and responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that, that would mean the world to me if you would do that. 94090. For those of you that are looking to support us financially, thank you so much. HighRidgeLV.com slash give is the way that you can do that. If you like what you heard today, would you click the like button? Would you share this with your friends? That, that certainly would, uh, would mean a ton to me if you would use your social media platform to share the gospel of Jesus. I think that uh, there's, a, there's a message here in God's word that the Lord wants to use you to put out. So would you mind doing that for me? Share this message with your friends and on any social media platform. And for everybody else, man, God bless you. I hope you have an amazing week.